HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, and welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Chloe Coscarelli of By Chloe. Um, it was funny, when I was putting the title on for this show, I kept on writing, By Chloe, By Chloe Coscarelli. <laughs> and then I put another by at the end, and it just felt like this infinity loop of By Chloe's. But that's what it's turning into. You are opening multiple new locations here in New York of your now- Famed vegan cuisine. We are. I I just don't see an end in sight, and it's wonderful. It's such (laughs) a good thing. Um, You know, growing up in LA, uh, I think there's that preconcept of what California cuisine is. You know, ripe everything, an avocado tree in your backyard, and a lot of vegetarian and veganism. Um, Did you find that growing up? Were, Were you akin to that type of cuisine? Yeah, I grew up in Santa Monica, which is right near the beach, and um, tons of fresh food. Even the farmer's market's there. Everything's just really beautiful and really fresh. The fruit, the avocado. Um, So it was a pretty easy transition to begin over there. Yeah, I actually, my sister-in-law lives in Santa Monica, and one of my favorite things to do is look at the weather app and say... Wow, it looks like a pretty bad day in Santa Monica. It's like consistently mid-70s always. And I was in the Santa Monica uh, farmer's market one time. Someone was like, did you see that cloud yesterday? Oh, yeah, I saw that cloud. There was literally one cloud in the sky 12 miles offshore. And that, that, that like interrupted their their perfection we're pretty used to our our nice sunny warm weather over yeah there. yeah yeah and with that i feel like there's consistency in what you can eat because you don't suffer from seasons true <laughs> yeah i don't think until i moved to new york i was so aware of so many food seasons because you can grow so much great stuff there all, all year long yeah so i listened to the cherry bomb interview that you you recently did on the station and you were blessed with a mother that could cook. So often do I hear someone who now owns a restaurant and like, well, I started because I had to cook for myself because maybe my parents were terrible at it. Right. What was your mother very good at? And 
why did you find a necessity for yourself to, you know, be in the kitchen and maybe follow that tradition? Right. Um, well, my mom was like a fantastic cook. Um, so there was always amazing food in our house. Um, she was an especially good baker. Um, I don't think I ever grew up eating one meal without dessert. Um, that was, you know, part of the food group (laughs) for us. Um, and so when I decided to go vegetarian and vegan, you know, that wasn't enough to make my mom stop cooking. You know, she still wanted to cook every single meal. So she was up for the challenge to learn how to, you know, substitute ingredients. And and that's when my interest kind of came over to the kitchen. Yeah. I I think I've read that about 5% of the U S population, I think is, not only vegetarian, but um, leaning towards veganism. Uh, this this is a trend that has, you know, over the past few decades, more than evolved. Um, yes. Why do you think that is? I think, you know, just because, really because a lot of different reasons. Um, so many people are wanting to learn how to eat um, and cook vegan meals for so many different reasons, you know, whether it's health, um, people, you know, developing more allergies, lactose intolerant, um, also, you know, religion, whether you're, you know, Hindu, keeping kosher. Um, there's just a lot of reasons. I mean, I guess eco-conscious is one thing, you know, for people who are concerned about their, you know, eco-footprint and want to, you know, save water and, um, save, you know, more people. Um, the vegan diet is, it's kind of becoming, it's not seen so much as like the hippie choice anymore. It's more just like the smart choice, the yeah. this choice of the future. Um, so it's great. I mean, it's, it, there are still a portion of us that do it because, you know, we don't believe in factory farming or killing animals, but it's just gone so beyond that. Um, there, I think really, you know, the vegan options that are being created right now, um, whether it's for food or for lifestyle are also just better. They're more appealing um, yeah. th- than the traditional ones. So, you know, people want to eat a vegan burger because it tastes better than a real regular burger. Yeah. I mean, what was it for you? Was it health? Was it religion? Was it the environment? Um, it was a combination of things. I think just like realizing, you know, what kind of modern times we lived in in our society that it just wasn't really, it's not really necessary to um, kill animals for our dinner table anymore. Um, and also just the food. I love the food so much. Um, it feels so good. It feels so clean. The food, um, you know, there's so many exciting, creative ways to put a vegan meal together. Um, and it's food that you've never had before. I mean, I feel like traditional cuisine, you know, no matter what kind of food, it's just kind of like reinventing the wheel every single year, every single Thanksgiving. It's always the same. Um, now that we've all tapped into vegan food, it's like, oh my gosh, there's all these different foods that none of us have tried before, and they're all so delicious. Yeah. So it's really a lot of fun. You know what I always find funny? Um, when, you, when you meet someone who is recently vegan, I feel like they're dessert or baking focused and it, i mean you're you're of a similar ilk too that um your your kind of claim to fame came from cupcake wars right did you find yourself doing vegan baking before you made you know did vegan cooking that's a good question you know you're probably right i, I think i do remember like making my first vegan cake and being so you know impressed with myself by it um so there's definitely a lot of um you know vegan baking techniques that can, you know, turn someone 
to the veggie side. Um, but I think it it depends on the person. I mean, I get the question all the time just as a chef. You know, oh, do you prefer? Because I do both. I do sweet and savory. And they say, well, which ones do you like better? Because most chefs, you know, have a pretty clear preference. And um, for me, I just, I love both. I love dinner and dessert. If you ask me to pick between the two, it's like picking between a child. Um, but I know, you know, a lot of people who are vegan feel the same way because it's like, it's vegan. So we're just so excited about it and it tastes so good and makes us feel great. Yeah, but of course you can't have dinner without dessert. You can't. No, not it's at all. It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you went to the Nash, uh, National Gourmet Institute. Um, you went to Cornell University's plant-based uh, nutritional program. So it's not like you just happen to be uh, a vegan cook. I mean, you're a studied vegan chef. Yeah, I, you know, spent a lot of years learning about it. And it's it's great because right now there's so much more information re- readily available. I mean, every day that goes on, we just all have more information to work with. But um, yeah, even 10 years ago, it was a lot different. It was, um, you know, a lot. You had to dig a little to, to learn, learn about it. Yeah. I mean, what are things that you have on your menu now at, at by Chloe that maybe 10 years ago someone would balk at? Ooh, uh, maybe a lot of it, to be honest. I mean, it's, it, it would just all be considered so different um, from from anything that people knew before. Um, but w- one of my favorite items is our kale cookies and cream ice cream. Um, I'm not sure if kale had even really come to the forefront 10 years ago, um, maybe a little bit. But um, yeah, it's great. I feel like, you know, now more than ever, every day that goes by, people are just becoming more and more open-minded. Um, so that's really fun to be a chef in a time like that because I don't feel any restrictions. Yeah. Well, let's talk about ice cream for a second because, you know, sometimes vegan cuisine is about replacement. Um, you know, there's TVP, there's fake meat. And when you hear ice cream, you're like, but it's a vegan ice cream, so it's not really ice cream. What, what is it? You can make ice cream from a lot of different things. Um, I use a blend of coconut milk and almond milk as one of my favorites. Um, But, you know, I've played around with it all. I mean, there are so many different milk substitutes these days and so many different natural ways to create a creamy texture. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I almost want to eliminate the idea of calling it a substitute, though, because I feel like veganism has as firmly put itself as its own sect of cuisine. Right. You know, you you hear, well, what do you make instead of this. I mean, I I never feel like it should really be a replacement. So it's sometimes funny to hear the word bacon. Uh, You know, when you go into a vegan restaurant, shiitake bacon, why do you feel like you need to use that word to describe uh, that flavor? Um, I mean, I, I, you know, our goal is to, you know, show people um, of all different dietary preferences, how delicious and fun vegan food can be. So it's it's helpful to you know um, create things that are similar to nostalgic foods or familiar foods and flavors that people like, um, so that they can kind of you know ha- have some idea in their mind of what we're going for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shiitake bacon's great. I name it shiitake bacon because I actually think it does taste bacony. Um, and people I know who hate mushrooms and love bacon say the same thing. So we've gotten incredible feedback on that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so simple. We basically just take our shiitake mushrooms and we roast them at a really high heat with some olive oil, salt, and pepper. Um, and it's really about the texture. They become so crispy, so salty, um, so savory. It, it feels like bacon. <laughs> can, can I talk about the textures that you have on your food? Um, they're stunning. They're, I mean, because I've also 
eaten a lot of vegan cuisine. Uh, mm-hmm. I myself was vegan during college, which you probably hear awesome. that from a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but it was always a textural issue for me because a lot of vegan food felt like mush. And right. I must say that the majority of what you do is just so stunningly textured. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea of putting crispy little tortilla strips on, on a burger alone, I mean, has elevated your food past most vegan cuisine I've ever eaten. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I've had a lot of years of serving people just in my own home, serving them vegan food who aren't vegan. Most most of my friends are not vegan at all. Um, so just that experience, I've, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback, the good and the bad. So I think that helped me to put together a menu that would appeal to carnivores as well. And and one thing that you often hear them say is that, you know, vegan food is either bland or mushy. Um, so those are, are two things that we pay a lot of attention to. And also not always the most sightly, but I, I swear you have the most photogenic, not just vegan food, but food in New York City at the moment. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, I definitely think that you eat with your eyes first. Um, So the way food looks is just important to me as how it tastes. Um, The great thing with vegan food is when you're using so many vegetables and spices, you just get this color that you don't get from a regular restaurant. I mean, I've been in kitchens in in non-vegan restaurants and in vegan restaurants. And, you know, I even feel like, you know our compost is like beautiful because it's just like food scraps but it's like green and red and pretty and wanna, it smells good i want to start seeing pictures of your compost on your instagram which <laughs> which is so gorgeous as is but it, when i had um the beet ketchup that you put on your burger yeah i'm a messy eater uh, I'll, I'll tell everybody that um i was just loaded with beet ketchup but it felt like i had run through i think that indian holiday diwali of where course. you just get <laughs> And, and everything that I ate that day was all over me, but I, I wore it around so proudly. <laughs> anyway, I went to uh, buy Chloe, and I, I ate this food, and it was both delicious and gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, most of my chef's coats look like they've been through tie-dye. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk a little bit more about Buy Chloe, and you know some of your favorite places to go out and eat vegan cuisine around the country. Great. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. just your garden it's the way you live and there's so much to know but you have help bonnie plants now with bonnie's app homegrown you can learn about veggie and herb varieties track and record your garden with photos and notes share on facebook and twitter and so much more how'd you ever grow without it get homegrown with bonnie plants for iphone and android the more you know the better you can grow with bonnie and welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, with Bye Chloe. I mean, I'm just going to call you Bye Chloe from now on. <laughs> that is your moniker. Um, veganism, vegan cuisine. Um, I'd love to know some of your favorite restaurants, you know, in New York, in LA, around the country and world that you think has some of the best vegan cuisine. Oh, this is such a tough question. Um, well,. Let's start in Paris. Okay, I'm fine with start, I'm fine with staying in Paris. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, there's a restaurant called the Gentle Gourmet Cafe, um, which is 
one of the nicest restaurants. It's actually 100% vegan, and it's also 100% authentic French cuisine. Um, and French and vegan don't, don't, aren't words <laughs> that go well together, um, but they do a fantastic job. Um, amazing French pastry there. Um, just uh, meals that totally blew my mind. Um, that was certainly a highlight. Yeah, you were telling me before the show... There's a restaurant called Shojin in, in California. Mm-hmm. And randomly, I was telling you about how my favorite vegan cuisine is Shojin Ryori, this Japanese kind of sect uh, by these monks. Um, so I'm assuming it is that cuisine. But what, what do you eat there that is so lovely? Yeah, so that, that must be where this restaurant gets their name from. Um, it's, it's a great vegan um, Japanese restaurant in Los Angeles. And delicious sushi and bowls and noodles and all kinds of things that um i I can't even pronounce but delicious japanese food that's um really blows my mind yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i kind of love is that we just you know went with um french cuisine we went with japanese cuisine um do you firmly feel like yours is rooted in americana or do you feel like you're using these global inspirations that by chloe I haven't really thought about that, but I would say like def- it's definitely um, rooted with American tradition and um, food habits. Um, we have burgers, we have fries, we have mac and cheese. Um, and then, of course, in terms of the flavors and the ingredients, we have things from all over. So I usually like to be very careful before I you know, label what kind of cuisine I'm cooking, because with vegan, you do pull ingredients from all around the world to make it work. Yeah. Um, for example, we use tempeh, which um, comes from, you know, Indonesian um, food culture. Um, and we use that as, uh, like a hearty protein in some of our salads. Um, so yeah, we, we get inspiration from all over, but I would say the general package would be pretty American. Yeah. You know what I love though, is that you don't have to reach too far for the mac and cheese sauce. Uh, mm-hmm. it is a sweet potato and what cashew base. Yes. And it's ingenious. Again, the, the vividness of that color, which I've stained myself with many a times. Um, but the flavor and the texture of it is, is almost identical to to what I've had in the past, you know, with cheese, with so much better than that powdered box stuff anyway. <laughs> I used to love that stuff. Yeah, this is so much better. Um, really healthy, really clean, um, still has the same great flavors and, you know, color and nostalgia of mac and cheese, but, but you feel good after you eat it. Yeah. There's a lot of vegetarian or vegetable-focused cuisine happening here in New York. You have Amanda Cohen from Dirt Candy. You have Dimes, a great restaurant called Samia over in in, in Williamsburg. Um, I mean, how important do you think it is for more people to eat vegetable-focused for the sustainability of our, you know, larger ecosystem? Yeah, I think it's really important. I definitely think it's the food of the future. It's where we're all headed um, slowly but surely. So I think, you know, the more we can start embracing and having fun with it and enjoying it, um, the better for all. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you. Well, no, I am going to ask you. Um, you know, when you converted over to vegetarianism, veganism, did you ever have that, oh, I kind of missed this feeling? Yeah. um, Well, when I first went vegetarian, it wasn't so fun um, because basically I wasn't eating meat, but I was eating a lot of cheese pizza and cheese lasagna, macaroni and cheese, 
cheese quesadilla. It was like just, it was all cheese. It was cheesy. It was carby, and it just was kind of boring. Yeah. Um. So at that point, I was like, hmm, you know, this this wasn't so great. But once I made the step to vegan and started seeing how many great, you know, legumes and different protein sources and herbs and spices and vegetables and grains there were to explore. It, it was like the most amazing cuisine. I was so happy I'd found it. And to be honest, I've never looked back. Yeah. Do you think meat is a crutch then sometimes? Do you find yourself a better chef because you have a smaller, not pantry, but you, you have a smaller scope of what you're working with? Absolutely. I mean, you throw animal fat on anything, just that grease, you know, coats the tongue. You can't really taste any other flavors. When you're working with all plant-based ingredients, you know, you, you can pick up on everything, which could work against you if you're not so creative, but can work in your favor because, you know, you're just tasting so much more. I keep on hearing this term plant-based kind of thrown around. Um, what exactly does that mean to you? Does it mean all vegetables? Does it mean something that's plant-based turn into a different textural product? I, I would say that plant-based means, you know, ingredients that have no animal products. Um, the word vegan refers more to just a general lifestyle of not exploiting animals in, in any way of your um, being. Um, so usually if I'm talking about food or ingredients, plant-based is, is pretty clear. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit, you know, sadly, Samantha, your business partner isn't here today because the brand that you created, um, it's so appealing on so many levels. Obviously, the food is amazing. And if it's not obvious, you get your butt to uh, buy Chloe and find out for yourself. <laughs> but, you know, the aesthetic, you are you are a striking young woman. Um, and the place, too, has this, this levity about it. Um, and it seems like the hip, cool place to be, but it feeds your mind and your soul in a similar way. How, how important is it to have, you know, this specific aesthetic behind your food? Yeah, it's really important. Um, you know, definitely when, you know, we were talking about the space, we wanted it to feel, you know, not feel vegan. Um, we don't want you to feel like you're missing anything. Um, we still want it to feel, you know, trendy and fun. And um, Samantha was great in, you know, totally owning that idea and really, you know, making it clear through every little detail and touch that, you know, this is a restaurant that just has good food and it should feel that way. Um, so yeah, she did a great job. So obviously we have to end with dessert. What makes your cupcakes so damn good? <laughs> is that, is that the secret that like one of those, if, if I tell you, I have to kill you kind of thing? No. Um, well, I love chocolate. Good quality, dark chocolate, um, is, you know, my best friend in the kitchen because you don't need milk to dilute it. Um, and I mean, you know, it depends on the flavor that you're asking about, but one of my secret ingredients is vinegar in cupcakes. I know that sounds strange, but if you add a little bit of baking soda to vinegar, um, it reacts and causes a chemical reaction that makes the cupcake really moist and fluffy and you don't need eggs. So that's one of my secret, secret egg replacer ingredients. Um, but other than that, good chocolate, um, you know, just good flavors. Well, if anyone knows me, you just won me over with the vinegar thing. But I'll tell you why after. So thank you for saying that. But again, if you haven't been to buy Chloe, and if you haven't met Chloe herself, uh, I feel like you should see people should seek you out because <laughs> your, your personality not only exudes the, this kind of vibrant being that you are, but also the same kind of cuisine that you present to people. And I feel like plant based 
is a better lifestyle than veganism sometimes. You know, living that life, living that kind of cheery, just energetic uh, thing that you're doing is just so damn awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being on. And again, I'll see you. I'll be the one covered with all the beet ketchup at my <laughs> Great. See you soon. You've been listening to the food scene at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkell. Hoping to have you here next Tuesday at 3. Big thank you to Consider Bardwell, Music by Cookies, and David, the engineer. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.